All right, so let's make it plain. Welcome back to the Make It Plain Wayne podcast, where we will entertain, we will heal, and we will build you up. I am Wayne, and this is Elevated Friendship. So, for today's topic, I want to get into uh, depression and suicide. And um, I think right off the bat, uh, I'm just going to say this. It's a topic that it, it terrifies me. And I'm not making this um, podcast in any way to, you know, full disclaimer, um, in any way, am I your mental health specialist? Will you receive mental health advice from me? Uh, or should you prescribe any type of things from me? This is just my account of what I've seen and what has hurt us. And, uh, you know, I, I want to e- at least leave you know, a phone number, something that, you know, can help people at the end, because we do need to reach out. We do need to recognize um, that the brain can take damage just like a muscle and we can't see it. You cannot see an ACL tear. You cannot always see that someone rolled their ankle a day ago. Um, A lot of these damages and injuries, you only know that someone is injured until you see them with crutches or you see them with, you know, bruises, you know, visible bruises on the outside. But at a time, if you were to stand and look at that person, you know, whether, you know, sitting down or laying down um, at the right time, someone could be uh, uh, ready for surgery, ready to do thousands of dollars of work. And you wouldn't even know it. You wouldn't even know that they're, you know, undergoing, um, you know, these life altering surgeries or um, like, hey, best best example. If you were sitting across from a a pregnant woman at a table, you would know that she was pregnant until you looked down and saw a little bit deeper below. And I think that's like the uh, the iceberg analogy that people have seen. If you've seen that, um. It's a photo that they used to show where it was saying the actual success is the peak of the iceberg that you see above water. But 90 percent of it is this large cluster that looks like a diamond turned upside down. It's like if you think about the shape of a pyramid, well, if only 10 percent of the pyramid, the top was showing You'd have to dig down deep, 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 deep into the sand to see the other 90% of it. And I believe that is where we are with our mental health, um, not just in this country, but I think as a whole. And so I think how I got started on this um, pathway was it kind of uh, started to choke me out. It kind of started to surround me. And the way I mean that is in, in one swoop of a week, I was bombarded with depression and suicide uh, information and study, which is like kind of mind blowing. It all just all came at once um, right right here at the very end of February. So I was doing some training for work and um, what I started to notice was uh, the the training in dealing with high school students and recognizing what you should and should not do um, kind of kind of terrified me because 
immediately while reading through these manuals, I got to, to get this clear picture of, wow, this is somebody's child. This is somebody's um, kid. And even though I'm just coaching, I would want someone to recognize these things in my child. So I, you know, do my best to recognize those in all of these kids. And they're all good kids. They really, really are. They're an example of their environment. So what does that say about the environment, you know, and, and our input, our feedback, our retention skills with these kids? So in looking at this um, story, not only did I or, or training, not only did I come across what to look for, what not to do and the importance of being able to access this, it kind of made me think like, what were they doing 20 years ago? What were they doing 20 years before that? What were they doing when my uh, parents were in in high school? You know, what were they doing when, you know, our grandparents were in high school? Like, does it just get worse and worse as far as suicide and depression as you go back in time? Is there just, is there no awareness of it whatsoever? And I know for a lot of people, I apologize, old school people, if you share this with old school, um, you you <laughs> you kind of like start to think, well, wow, does it just get worse and worse as you go back? Or, you know, or, or I think here, here's I think you kids now are just so sensitive. You kids now are just this. You kids now are just that. And and we didn't have all this back then. We didn't have all this back, you know. This is the product of yesterday. <laughs> All of us, no no one can give birth to themselves. So if anyone that you're looking at came from two parents, they are the product, the results of that love being made, making love, hopefully. Um, <laughs> you don't want kids from sex. You want kids from making love. <laughs> That's a whole nother uh, podcast. But, you know. We are the product and the offspring of yesterday. Um, the economy, the environment, the teaching, um, our own interpretation of a thing. So we are we are a combination of things, and at, at no time did we give birth to ourselves. Now, I mean, truth of the matter is. In the same village, in the same neighborhood, in the same town, you're going to have kids that succeed and do very well. Then you're going to have like what they call the village idiot. And either this is someone that understood um, to a to a point and just never really locked on to what what better was. Or they're just a, a simply misunderstood individual that they can't help themselves. They just mess up this. um and for for lack of a better term, we call it, call it. I don't want to say village idiot. I'm gonna say, um, uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna call them the struggle bus. You know, people see you early in the morning and you got sleepy in your eyes. You're not doing too well. And they're like, oh, somebody's on the struggle bus. So <laughs> I'm gonna call them struggle bus. So you got a struggle bus. In every class, in every town, in every city, in every job, you got a struggle bus in there. There's somebody's on the struggle bus in there. Does that mean they're always playing the victim? Not necessarily. 
you don't necessarily know what they've been through. Um, like, how did they get on the struggle bus? Was it an accident or was it a choice? I mean, you never know. So in, in this one week, I encountered not just training to, you know, prepare myself and, and to know what to do. Um, I also had to run through kind of a, a, a I don't want to say a gauntlet, but um, learning that one of my classmates had recently passed. And, and, you know, when you see things like that, it's one thing to have a, a study. It's one thing to do something potentially to help. It's like, oh, yeah, I do this training and I'll be certified and be certified to do CPR. I'll be certified. I got my, my CDL. Be certified. I got my driver's license. It's one thing to be certified for things. It's another when you find out that a classmate, someone that, you know, you know, uh, has recently passed. Um, it's hard, you know, because when it's someone in your family, when it's, you know, someone that you know is like like an entertainer or they're very intelligent or it's it's like a child. When you learn about all that stuff, especially in the same week like I had, when you learn about all that, whether it was an attempt or, you know, someone that you looked up to or, or thought was this amazing person, when you find that out, it, it hits home a little bit harder because then you realize it, it is a reality. And these, uh, you know, these prevention lifelines and, and tools that we have out there that they advertise, you know, casually during sporting events, they are there for a reason and they are a tremendous help. They're an amazing help. So, I think too often we look at only celebrities. Oh, well, his career was going down and, you know, he had CTE from all those hits in football or, you know, uh, this celebrity, his movies weren't doing well or they went through a divorce and nasty stumble with drugs and all this. Like, look at look at what we're saying, though. These are all experiences that are stored in the mind. They're not necessarily just things that happen to your physical body, because there's plenty of people that have had things just happen to their physical body that are either alive and well now or continue to live on past, you know, retirement years. There's plenty of people that have only had things happen to their body, like horrible things. So why is it that all of these scenarios, all of these things have an effect on our mind? Well, there's, I mean, there's cultural, a cultural hierarchy that we operate on. There are spiritual hierarchies that we operate on. There are uh, economic hierarchies that we operate on. There's a lot that's tied into our mind. I mean, for all those little squiggles in the brain, if you ever look at a brain, it's like for all those squiggles and electro paths and uh, neural paths and, and all these little electric currents that travel. It's like there's a lot going on in there. So like for my account, <laughs> like I, I had to deal with a little bit about of um, depression a few times in my life. And I'll say, uh, you know, as a kid, youth, which now I know is normal. Um, and you just you don't want to say anything. <laughs> You don't know how to ask for help. You're going through a completely different world 
and you almost need somebody to pull you out of it that knows what to look for. And a lot of us do not know what to look for. When someone says or asks the question, hey, how are you doing? And you say, oh, I'm fine. I'm great. It's the biggest lie we could ever tell, especially as big, strong men. It's the biggest lie you could ever tell. Oh, yeah, I'm great. I'm good, man. Great. The more you keep talking, the more I know you're lying. Yeah, I'm good. I'm great, man. Just doing good. You know, taking care of the wife and kids. Yeah, everything's great. It's not. Especially a one word answer. Yeah, how you doing? Good. That's a lie. <laughs> good. That's a lie. <laughs> you know, when people explain, then it's a little bit different. Like, yeah, you know, just just getting everything ready, you know, about to have a nice, you know, spring. You know, I get my yard, get my yard looking good. Trees got a couple of projects I want to get going on. And, you know, me and the wife are doing this, that, and the other. Like when people explain, then you get a little a better look into what it is they're doing versus that one word shield <laughs> or that two, two, or that, that, um, it's like a, <laughs> I don't want to say a filler. But it, it, it it's it's just a temporary uh, if 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 you will it's just a temporary like the signs like the fathead signs it's it's just a seat a, a placeholder like those seats that they have in the stadiums now for NFL and NBA games that's all these statements are they look like a person they take the space of a person occupy the width of a person for that chair. It's not actually the real story. It's just a placeholder. It's just a car, a, a cardboard cutout that looks like a person to occupy space to kind of give you the feel of what it would be like to be at a game. But those statements, oh, yeah, I'm good. It's it, there is no depth to it. It's about one foot deep. You can't even backstroke in that. And we do this so much. So, yeah, as a kid, you know, when you're bullied, as a kid and you don't and you can't say anything to about it because maybe it's your family. Maybe it's the people uh, on your basketball team or your track team or swim team or maybe it's your sisters. Maybe it's your brother. Uh, maybe it's your mom. Maybe it's your dad. I, I don't know. But at a young age, especially as a teenager, um, you don't know how to manage and, and balance all that energy that the world has given you because you you're just now learning that you're going to become a woman or a man, you know, and like as as boys, as men, like it's so awkward. I mean, you're going <laughs> to be five foot with a size 12 shoe and look like a, a, a clown. You got boners and erections just popping up out of nowhere. So don't wear sweatpants. You got to wear jeans everywhere on the, on the hottest day of the year. You got to wear jeans. So it's like growing at such a weird rate. You got your voice changing, going up and down. <laughs> you got all these awkward, weird things. And while you're trying to have a brain that's developing, you know, your brain is developing all the way up into the, the, the mature age of 25 and 28. Your body is doing a similar thing and and the aggression and and emotion is high, but the reasoning is low. (laughs) 
And it's almost like the exact opposite for girls. Girls just you, you all, you ladies, you hit the 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 I mean, you just hit the ground running. You just seem to handle things so much better. I even see this in track practice. The girls are just like they're like a hive mind. They're just all together. They work well. They work clean. They work neat. There's no real fights because the girls are a little bit more like a ninja with their things. But um, <laughs> ninja with their animosities. But um, yeah, it's just like really organized, really neat, really clean. I'm like, wow. You guys really, um, I don't care if you win state or not. Like, I'm just impressed by how you show up to practice and leave and everything's just clean and nice. And I'm like, wow. But there's so much to go through and so much to do. You've got to learn your own mind, learn your own body while also juggling school and all these other things and learn the world, the city the state, the country, all of these things. So for me, when I hit it and, and had that depression, um, suicide really wasn't, um, uh, it, it wasn't really the uh, heavy thought because um, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what really suicide was. I didn't know that name. I didn't really even know that option. It, it really wasn't an option at the time. Um. But there was a lot of depression, um, just not understanding things, not understanding my role, not understanding my character, not feeling like I'm doing enough. And then, you know, when you're being bullied, I mean, that's that's kind of easy. I mean, you're going to be devalued on a, a, a daily basis and not understand what you did wrong. You're like, what did I do wrong? Or am I just wrong or am I stupid? Like. And then you eat that every day. You eat that lunch, that negativity lunch, that depression lunch, that lack of hope lunch. And it becomes you. You literally become that. And so then finally, when you get a breath of fresh air, you start to feel like. Oh, my God, this is what life is. And you find some people that value you. You find some people that want your time and they value the other pieces because you might be hanging on to the few pieces that you don't like that make you that that lead you to the thoughts of, of, of suicide and, and looking at depression. But when you start to find people that love your cooking, they love your laugh. They love the way you dress. They love the same teams that you love. They love the same movies that you love. Uh, they love to go for a walk in the same places you like to go for a walk. They want a bird watch. When you learn that there's these people that love all these other pieces about you, it really helps you to go and clean up the other pieces that you don't like a little bit better because they'll say, you know what? I've kind of been dealing with that too, or I dealt with that too. And here, you know, here's what, you know, here's what, what I've been doing. And I think that's, that's the reason why I can never laugh at anybody that does like AA and does like Alcohol Anonymous or Alcoholics Anonymous or any, any um, you know, rehab or, or tool to kick a habit. Because when you do it and you see how much better your life is when you kick that thing, <laughs> it's kind of hard to negotiate. You're like, wow, I was really dependent on this thing. I was really drinking several nights a week for what? 
Like, what was it that I was trying to drown? What am I trying to drown in that drink? And that's just the thing. Like, like everybody has a recipe for the greatest foods that they like. When you add too much of one thing, there's a reason for it. When you make cookies or make a cake, there's only a certain amount of dough. If you keep adding, uh, uh, I'm sorry, flour. If you keep adding more flour and more flour and more flour, you can't taste the sweet and salty complements of the uh, the cake. Your balance is off. So why are you still adding this 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 component? Why are you still adding this? But yeah. So I think the other the other place where I ran into um, a little bit of depression, not suicide, uh, depression was uh, dad life. <laughs> so I, like I told my wife one day, I was like, you know what? You want to have a clean marriage? You want to have a clean car and a clean job? I was like, right now? I was like, honey, I was like, we are pressed right now because of you know our daughter we had this newborn you know so the marriage was i want like we weren't going through marital problems or anything but when you come home and you're immediately handed a baby that is work like you know if if your wife has been with that child all day or you just gotten that child from daycare and immediately boom you got to you got you just came from work being worn out you just came from work struggling and now you're having to deal with this uh, <laughs> this child, that is a stress because it's work, it's responsibility because you care. And it's not necessarily the things that you do well, it's the things that you don't do well that are the stressful parts. It's the not knowing and the getting tired. That was the hard part. So when I say clean marriage, really it was the the, the responsibility of fatherhood. So I should change that. When you've got a clean um, home life, let me let me say it that way, a clean home life, a clean car and a clean job, which means that all three of the things that you are, are going well. You're doing good. But what happened was in the same swoop, in the same time period, I was struggling, you know, to just balance the, the balancing act of marriage and fatherhood and a family, you know, I, I mean, God, uh, uh, it was hard. I mean, it was like the last two years, it's like, I've lost four people. I lost both my grandparents, my uncle, um, my, uh, <laughs> another, uh, I wouldn't say uncle, but he's kind of like a grandfather, um, through my cousins and my grandmother's, uh, sister. It's like that whole line is gone. All of them are gone. So, you know, you're trying to juggle all this stuff. And then like the the car part was, you know, that was kind of more of a sentimental thing. But work and and the and and the car were blended together. I was doing a lot of work out of my car um, and my car was just a mess <laughs> inside and out. And then work was just a mess. Like I was not happy with several things at work and I won't get into it, but you feel trapped, you know, when, when you don't feel like you can get air and you feel like the things that normally will build you up, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I love my wife. Yeah. I love my daughter. 
Uh, I love my family. Like, I'm happy with my family. Then you're good. You know what I mean? Like, when you're good, you're good. When you're love, your car is clean. <laughs> your car is clean. Your car is nice. The rims look good. The inside's good. Smells good. And I've even had people tell me that. They get in and be like, oh, my God, this car, it runs so well. It smells so good. Such a nice, you know, it's like your car is good. Then, like, work. When work is good and, and you're hitting numbers and you're hitting goal and doing doing a great job and you're appreciated and valued and, and the feedback is 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 used and utilized well, nobody can say anything. But when when one of those things is off, the car, eh, you know, okay. I'll be okay. If it's, you know, the marriage, it's a strain, it's hard, it can kind of ripple into everything else. If something's going on with you and your children, that can be a little bit hard. That can kind of ripple into other things. And especially if you've got family stuff going on, that can be hard. That can ripple into to other things. It's usually when you add another stress, like the job, then it's like, oh, God. So in one swoop, I was having, you know, family stress, job stress and car stress. And it was just a very trapped, uh, uh, suffocating feeling. And so, you know, when I see people um, that are a little, mm, I don't want to say older than me. I want to say maybe around the same age, kind of going through this same thing. And then I see, you know, like like for in my scenario, one of my classmates passed. I'm like, life is tough, man. You you gotta you gotta balance quite a bit, and not everybody's gonna have the right tools to do that. So I'm gonna come back to the youth for a second because I talked about my little dad life struggles. I talked about my youth struggles. Um, as a kid, you don't know how to ask for help. You're kind of trapped, but as an adult. You just don't have time. Like, when do you have time with work, with your kids? They got to get dinner ready. I got to get basketball. We got to get to track. We got to get to this. When do you have time to really open your heart to someone and vent or, or, or talk to somebody? If your friends are there, cool. But what if you don't have anybody right now? All your, your friends are overseas or your friends are in Florida or somewhere else because you move. And, you know, with our kids, you know, what they're going through, I think, is very uh, it's very uh, explanatory to why we are the way we are now, because you look at all the things that kids are struggling with in high school. A lot of us never really get over that. You know, who are the cool kids? Am I a cool kid? Uh, Not necessarily. Well, there's some pride and some depression right there. Am I achieving what I wanted to achieve in, in, in high school? With grades, with this, with that, or the other. If you didn't, depending on the way you judge, that's what's going to knock you down. And we've seen this in movie upon movie upon movie upon movie. Your image in high school is everything. Now, I can't account for the way these kids are now because I'll have to sit down and talk to one of them like in depth. But I just know with all the movies, with all of the TV and the way... I know I felt in high school image means a lot and we don't change. We don't change that. We just exchange the, the, 
the halls of a high school for the type of home you live in, your uh, uh, political party, uh, uh, keeping up with the Joneses. They've got a John Deere. I got to get a John Deere. Like we just exchanged the hallways of a high school for the hallways of adulthood. Now, support is where I feel like a real light turns on. When you have quality support at a young age, you are projected and and ignited past billions of people. And we've seen this. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I guess the best way I can put this is, it's not necessarily being financially wealthy that creates a great support network. I really do believe it's the empathy and sympathy and taking what you know inside will work if you were 18 again and then projecting that onto your kids like going backwards. You're like, okay, like I was successful in this way uh, because of X, Y, Z. But if I would have had, you know, this ABC component back in the day, I would be so much more, you know, better off. So then you get your kid a 529 plan. You start setting them up with the right kind of tutors because you aren't good in math. They aren't good in math. You start setting them up so that they're, you know, so much better off coming up, you know, and don't kind of fall off into those pits that maybe you fell in. What's the same as an adult? When you have the right network, I mean, dude, you are set up so well, like so well. So the support network is huge, not just in, you know, the young teenage years, but also as an adult. And it's that lack of support um, at work, in our marriages, in our families that I feel like kind of puts people under that dark cloud because, uh, you know, I'm going to say it. Darkness is not evil. Darkness is not bad. It's how you rest. It's how you grow in the womb. And it's what we sit and hang in as far as the universe. The gases and stars that create the light are the only differential between the, the light and the dark. And we rest in the dark. So when dark times come upon us after a painful or a, a um, negative experience, that's not good darkness. That's not rest. That's not healing darkness. That's a painful darkness that, that's uh, been projected and thrust upon us in a way that we don't like. That's unfavorable darkness, just like there's unfavorable light. I mean, who wants to wake up with these blinding neon lights and, and no blanket, no curtain in the morning? You know, think about it like that. Or like a deer caught in headlights. That's not a holy light. That's not a good light. You're about to die from that light, you know? So there's good and bad darkness. There's good and bad light, depending on where it comes from. So, (laughs) you know, with kids, it's just funny because you have so many things that sit on your shelf that make you who you are. Are you a cool kid? What's your image? Do you have support? How are your grades? How is your family? And all of these things create a ranking system in our mind. And all of these things are what ultimately pulls us down, 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 down. Are you keeping up with the Joneses? 
That's being the cool kids as an adult. How is your image? That's your business card, your business, what people think about you, keeping up with the Kardashians. Um, that's your image as an adult. Support. Well, how's your marriage? How's your family? How's HR? Can you go to HR with work? And then grades. I mean, that's your your bills. That's your finances. That's how you that's that's your ranking system. And then ultimately, when it comes to your family, I mean, you can judge yourself based on how well they're doing in specific things. But a lot of times we just neglect the whole of the the, the person, you know, how your kids are doing the whole. Like, I mean, we 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 can't get on these kids about being exactly like us or doing exactly what we think they should do. And they completely neglect, you know, who it is and what they are. And that brings me to my next point. I'll be very quick and very brief on this. Because this is actually what kind of drove me to want to make this podcast. I thought, and, and you can have this conversation with anybody. I thought that <laughs> just being white was perfect. And I think a lot of black people probably think that. If you're white, it's okay. It's all right. But then when you start to look at history, you start to look overseas before there was even slavery. You look at the the Dungeons and Dragons and Game of Thrones and Braveheart and Europe and all that, the battles and wars and, and the history of the sword, like especially the Claymore sword, how big that thing was. That wasn't happening in Africa. That wasn't happening, you know, uh, uh, to to just us, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's tribal battles, there's village battles, um, and what I, what I'm saying in short is nobody gets off of this rock, planet Earth, without having to battle something. And with depression and suicide, these are symptoms and uh, situations that do affect us mentally and the brain. I mean, we remember and hold a lot. Like we talk about muscle memory. For the great athletes, the greatest athletes of ever, the mental memory stuff gets locked up in there. And, and we've got to find a way to be better to one another because culturally, everyone's going to have to go through something. And that's the thing that was hard for me last week. I realized if we were all equal, if we all had the equity, say after <clears throat> slavery ended, everybody was on the same page. You would still have to deal with depression and suicide uh, prevention. We would still have to deal with that. With the way our current structure is, let's say there were no black people in America. If it was just white people, you'd still have to deal with depression and suicide. If it was just Asians in Asia, you'd still have to deal with depression and suicide. If you go in Africa, in some way, you're going to have to deal with depression and some kind of suicide or tribal thing or whatever like I, I i can't get into all of it but you're going to deal with some type of mental battle somewhere so we need to be healthy and smart about how we engage with one another and how we help one another so the suicide prevention team that i found just through google is the national suicide prevention lifeline um it is 1-800-273-8255 if you are having these depressing thoughts, if you are having suicidal thoughts, please give them a call. They'll work with disaster survivors. 
They'll work with Native Americans. They'll work with veterans. They'll work with law survivors. They'll work with LGBTQ. They'll work with attempt survivors. They'll work with the deaf, hard of hearing, hearing loss. I do not sign. I do not know sign language. So please share that with them. And um, they will ayuda in Espanol. So they will help and, and bridge out to help those that will call. Um, those are some of the demographics that they've broken down. But please, please call if you're experiencing these feelings and don't think that you can just use substances and, and, and certain things as your healing mechanism. We're here to help you. And they're here to help you. All right. I love you. All. I love you all. Hope you love me back. Uh, please love, like, and share uh, these messages. I want to make sure that I'm helping you all, and I'm, I'm happy to give something back each and every day. Um, I love you all. Hope you love me back. I'll see you soon.